This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. It's all about people. It's all about people. In the south of England in 1967, a baby boy was born and they named him Johnny. And when Johnny was young, the Christmas present that his father used to give to him was a day with him in the workshop. His dad was a silversmith. He was very talented, incredible designer and and craftsman. And Johnny used to love this time with his his dad. And as he spent time with his dad, he learned and he was inspired. And Johnny grew up to be a designer himself. In fact, he was so successful a designer that in 2012, he was knighted at Buckingham Palace, Sir Jonathan Paul Ive. You may not know his name, but you will know the things he designed as the Senior Vice President of Design at Apple. Things like the iMac, the iPod, the iPhone, the iPad. A young man from the south of England, doing a lot of that work in his 30s and his 40s. Why? Because his dad took the time to spend with him. And that time with his dad proved inspirational. And that is the thing about excellence. It's inspirational. You see, we want this building to be a place that is inspirational. And that's why everything we do is the way we do it, because it's all about people. And I think there might be some Johnnies sat here today. It's all about people. And the potential of people is absolutely incredible. Why do we do the coffee the way we do? It's all about people. Why the decor in this style? It's all about people. Why the lights? Why the sound? Why is it so important? Because it's all about people. It's all about people and excellence inspires people. It lifts them. Some people have access to excellence. Some people can pay for excellence. They can pay for excellence in their private members club or their exclusive gym. Other people feel excluded from excellence. Well, we want to invite Lancashire. And we want to invite the rich and the poor and the the well-connected and the down on their look. And we want to invite them to a place that lifts their aspirations and that inspires them. And they hear something positive. Excellence, it's inspirational. You know, the church and excellence don't have to be mutually exclusive. I read scripture and I hear about the splendor of Solomon's temple. I hear about a man named like David. It says in 1 Samuel 16 that he was an excellent musician. He was courageous. He was well-spoken. He was good-looking. And God was with him. I love it. I read about a man named Caleb and it says he had an excellent spirit. And that is the heart of excellence. You see, excellence is not about money. Excellence is an attitude. Excellence is a commitment. Excellence is an approach. Excellence is skill. If you have money to spend, it spends it wisely. But if you don't have money to spend, it can still approach with the same excellent attitude. And I want to encourage you this morning to learn the power of excellence in what you do, in where you are, in where you work, in your house, in your family. Because it's amazing the effect that excellence can have and excellence can create when you take up the excellent attitude. But the key is to make it all about people. You see, it's all about people. It's excellence, not simply for a bottom line, but it's excellence for a different result. It's all about people. I love this ancient wisdom. 
It's recorded in Proverbs chapter 14, and it says this, that without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. Just think about that. I mean, this building a few weeks ago, it was clean, and then you guys showed up. Like, like a stable without oxen, I mean, it's pretty clean, but once you put the, the, the oxen, the cattle and the livestock into a stable, how many people know something happens? And all of a sudden, it's not so clean anymore. You know, a few weeks ago, we had clean carpets. But very quickly, with people, things don't stay clean. But the point of a stable is not to be clean. The point of a church is not to be a museum. The point is for it to be full of people, for it to be busy, for it to be alive with the energy of people. And without people, it's clean, it's easy. There's no drama. But with people, well, sometimes there is a little bit of drama. Sometimes there's a little bit of falling out. There's a little bit of challenge. There's, there's a little bit of difficulty. Why? Because there's people. And we're all imperfect people. And when you get imperfect people together, kaboom. It's called community. It's not perfect. It's messy. Sometimes it's dirty. Sometimes like on the journey of this project, as you saw, just a snapshot of, there's been some times when it's been a bit like just cleaning out that stable. But with people, you get... You get all the mess. But the point is, a strong ox is needed for a large harvest. It's incredible what people can do together. It's absolutely unbelievable that even here in the north of England, you know, something like this place that we sit in can happen. How does that happen? With a strong ox. With lots of people. It's messy. That's life. That's community. But it enables us to do so much. It enables us to make such a difference. It's all about people. We built this building for people. We built it for future generations. We built it for people we never will meet. But right in front of me, they will get married. They'll pray in this building. They'll laugh. They'll make friends. They'll connect. They'll be inspired. They'll be taught. They'll be sent out. They will get baptized. They will dedicate their children right here because somebody said it's all about people. I'm going to be excellent in my generosity. I'm going to be excellent in my perseverance and my commitment because it's all about people. We believe things can be different. Not just inside these four walls, that people come for some sort of escape, where things are different for a couple of hours. No, we believe things can be different across Lancashire. That's why we are here. Because this is a place not just where we gather, but from which we are sent. We are on God's mission of making everything new. And we built this building with a lot of hope. Not simply for the site but for the region. We've got hope. Excellence is inspiring. It's inspirational. Excellence also reveals something about God. I mean, you understand this because you're in Lancashire today. I mean, you do not have to go far to see the incredible scenery, to see the world-class landscapes that surround you. You are blessed to live in Lancashire. And it makes us wonder. It makes us stop. It makes us look. It makes us think. For me, I see God. I see God in that. I, I see God in the, the vastness of space. I see God in the pinnacle of his creation. You. You might not like your body, but whether you do or don't, you are a marvel. 
You are incredible. You are scientifically unfathomable. We will never get to the end of thinking about and reflecting on the complexity of everything that is you. You are incredible. And in that excellence, I see God. I see it in Jesus. It was said about him in Mark chapter 7 that he's done everything well. When God created the earth, he said it was good. And then when he made you, he said it was very good. Excellence. It shows us something about what God is like and our imperfect attempts to do our best with what we've been given and be good stewards of that. Show something of God and it also honors God. We've been given this incredible opportunity. It's called life. It's called your time on earth. You're not fully in control of how long it's going to be, but it's an unbelievable opportunity. And the most honoring thing you can do to that opportunity is to give 100% to it. It's to give your best to it. It's to give your energy to it. It's to, to, to wake up every day and attack that day with the, everything that you have got to give of yourself, to steward the opportunity that you've been given because it's a blessing to be alive. And what what more can we do than give all of our life to say, it's all about people. And I'm going to use my life for something of significance. Excellence honors God. There's a story about when Michelangelo was painting the Sistine Chapel ceiling. It was a landmark in the history of Renaissance art. And one day whilst he was painting the ceiling, the story goes that the Pope and his cardinals came in late at night looking for Michelangelo. And they found him high up on the scaffolding. And as they found him, they started to shout up in Italian, but I'll do it in English, to Michelangelo. Hey, Mike, why is it taking so long? I mean, you've been here for months. I mean, why the detail? It's late into the night. This is costing us a fortune. What are you doing? And he says, I'm working on this, this detail of this little part in the corner. He said, nobody can see up there. Nobody can even see the details. Michelangelo stops from his painting for a moment. He turns to the Pope and his cardinals and says, well, at least God sees it every day. I love that. I love that attitude. That's the attitude that I want to have. That when it comes to, well, it's good enough now. No, no, no. God sees. God sees. God, God sees. And, and the amount of unseen hours that have been involved in this building project, that people who've been involved from maybe something simple like cleaning or maybe something that we might think more complex like uh, brokering a deal, but all the unseen, God sees. And you know, God sees you. And I just wondered if we could have that sort of spirit and that sort of attitude that I'm doing this to honor God. So even if maybe I think, well, nobody else sees, well, it doesn't matter. It's good enough. No, God sees. I love that. Excellence honors God. It says this about Jesus. Peter was a leader in the early church and he was trying to explain to people and help them make sense of, of what was happening. Jesus had resurrect, been resurrected from the dead and things were happening. The church was exploding and people were getting healed and uh, the group was growing and people were confused about what was going on, the authorities and the city and the onlookers. And Peter said the words of an ancient prophecy and he tried to make sense of who Jesus was and he said this in Acts chapter 4, verse 11. Jesus is the stone the builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. This building's held up by a steel 
frame, but we understand this image of a cornerstone, a foundation stone that's set in place and from which the building is built. And Peter's saying that maybe you've made a misjudgment about Jesus. And just as the band come back up and join me, because we're going to sing, a, they're going to sing another song for us in a moment. But there's this idea that, that maybe you've misunderstood who Jesus is. You've rejected him. You've rejected his message. You've rejected who he is. But actually, he's now the cornerstone, the center of this new movement. They couldn't believe how much movement that was gaining traction right where they were in their corner of the Middle East. I wonder what they would think if they could see us now. I wonder what they could think if they see that the cornerstone, what God has built from this obscure corner of the Middle East that has reached to every continent on the globe and become the greatest social movement that planet Earth has ever seen, where billions of people give their allegiance to Jesus. I wonder if they would even fathom that beyond the seas in the north of England, we would be here 2,000 years later. He became the cornerstone on what something was built that mankind has never seen the like of. And they just passed over him, rejected him, missed it. And I just wonder if maybe in society, are we doing that today? Or maybe you've done that. Maybe you've had an idea about what Jesus was like. Maybe you had an impression of what church was like. And you came today and, well, that's been shattered and that's been changed and that's been questioned. And maybe you had an idea what Jesus was like and what religion was like. And it was a, a restrictive thing and it was constrictive and it wasn't for you. And you wanted to shake that off and, and, and get freedom and, uh, and live, you know, in a way that seems best to you. That seems to make sense, doesn't it? And there's other things to, to give our life to. I want us to reflect on that this morning. Because maybe we've passed over something, but I'm just amazed at what's been built on Jesus, that we're here today. And in the next verse, it goes on and Peter says this, salvation is found in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. We're going to reflect on that a little bit more in a moment, but just as we do, the band are going to play this song for us. This time, two weeks ago, I was in central London in the West End, and as I walked around the West End and I saw the theatres, I saw all the names, the names of the actors, the, the, the names of the stars, and, and for a lot of people, that's their dream to, to have their name up in lights, to be celebrated, to be clapped, to be cheered. I live for the applause, Lady Gaga said. And you see that and you see the names and you see people pursuing that journey of being the name. But here, it's not about any person. It's all about people. It's not about the name of anybody who may stand on this stage. But it's all about the benefit of people. It's not about any one person except the person of Jesus. And it's not about any name of any church, any brand, any personality. It's only about the name of Jesus. Peter was trying to explain this. He said that as we read in Acts 4 verse 12, that there's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. A man had just been healed and they couldn't understand how or why or what was going on. So he used this word saved and the Greek word, it kind of talks about 
being in full health. So he was saying, well, this man has been saved. He's been brought back to health because of the name of Jesus. But by using the word saved, he's making it about something bigger. He's saying, yes, this man's been brought to health, but it's not just the one who heals. But actually, he can save us from more than that. He can save us from this dead-end way of living. And that is the name that we should look to. You see, just as now, there were many names around then. There were many names, there were many pretenders. And for these people living in an outpost of the Roman Empire, the name of Caesar was dominant. He was the name before you would bow. He was the name you would give your allegiance to. He was the one you would pay your taxes to. He was the name. Do not challenge the authority of the name. And today, we have many names. We have the names of celebrities. We have the names of politicians. We have the names of business people. We have the names of ideologies and belief systems. Things like consumerism and hedonism and all kinds of different ideas and different religions and different symbols and brands and corporations and logos. Lots of names. But I believe there's no other name that will set you free except the name of Jesus. And you see, people think that religion is the enemy of freedom. You see, I want to be able to do what I want to do. Anybody ever played football without a referee? It's okay when you're younger and you're with the friends in the park, but when you get a bit older, it doesn't take long for it to descend into chaos. It doesn't take for it long for actually to be the real leader is the biggest guy or the fastest guy or the guy who makes the dirtiest tackles. He's now in charge of the game. And you're not free anymore to express yourself and to play uh, good football. But actually, by embracing the proper constraints, the right environment, the right size pitch, the right size goals, the right size ball, the right pressure ball, and a referee and rules which we can all agree on, then you're free to express yourself. You're free to play a game which is watched by more people across the world than any other game. But how many people come and watch you kick about in the park? You see, it's embracing the right constraints. And what we often think is that I don't want to give my allegiance to that name, to the name of Jesus. I want to just be free of anyone. I won't give it to anybody. But you know, as a human being, it's impossible to not swear allegiance. Every person in this room swears allegiance. Every person in their room, this room, gives themselves to something. You see, you might be giving yourself to a story called consumerism. Where what I have and where I live and the car I drive and the things I have and the clothes I wear are what give value to my life. What give me pleasure, what give me purpose, what give me importance. You might be living by a tribe or a group because I dress like these people, because I belong to this group, because these other people around approve of me, then I'm accepted, then I'm okay. So you give your allegiance to that idea, the idea of the tribe. You might be living for hedonism, that actually it's about party. It's about just making yourself feel good, even though you feel absolutely rough the next morning, not only with the hangover, but with the pain of regret and the futility and the monotony of repeating the same thing weekend after weekend. I got out of that story. I don't give my allegiance to those things anymore. I've decided that we all give our allegiance to something. All those things put limits on us and constrain us, but all those other things enslave us. The only way to be free is to follow a perfect leader. 
and there's only ever been one. There's only ever one leader that will lead you into freedom. There's only one leader that will lead you on an adventure that doesn't stop. That's not celebrate one day and then have a hangover tomorrow. That, that, that's pursuing something and then realize, I've got to the top of this ladder I was climbing and I've realized it's been leaning up against the wrong wall. I don't want to live my life that way. But I want to live my life under no other name. For us, it's all about people. But the way we keep it all about people is making it all about a person. Because when, even if we try and make it just all about people, what we're doing in the community and how we're helping people and how we're reaching out, the, the, the imperfectness of our community, we're going to rub up against each other. We're going to fall out. There's going to be problems. There's going to be selfish motives. There's going to be challenges. But we're being changed to become more like the ultimate selfless one. The one who loved so much that he displayed the greatest of all loves. He gave his life for his friends. And in not only his example, but a relationship with him that he made possible, we're changed. So it stops becoming about us anymore. It it stops becoming about our name and it starts becoming about his name. And because we're a community that's all about one person, we can be a community that's all about all people. It's an amazing thing that happens when we come together under one name. And I want to challenge you. I want to invite you to come back. And I want to invite you to keep investigating and keep asking questions and keep being curious and keep discovering and keep being on this journey of discovering who Jesus is because it is the greatest adventure that your life can ever see. It allows you to be on projects like this. I don't recommend it for those who are looking for comfort. I don't recommend it for those who want an easy life. But if you want a significant life, and if you want to really be free, stop believing the lies that you're being told. Then I invite you to give your allegiance to one name, the name of Jesus band are going to play a little bit of this song one more time and we're going to finish soon but I want to invite you to reflect on this man and Jesus might even speak to you now might even stir something with you now or you might just reflect on what you've heard today but for me it's all about people here but the way we make it all about people is making it all about one person there's no other name discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.